0: Hey, what's up, everybody? Thank you for downloading episode 134 of We Got This with Mark and Hal. We're going to be in New York in just a couple weeks now, Sunday, October 8th at the Hudson Mercantile at 6 p.m. We are joined by our good buddy, Jonathan Colton. What is the topic going to be? I'm not going to tell you right now. The only way you can find out is by coming to the show, but I promise it's going to be a really fun one. Our live shows are always great. This one will be no different. You can go to bit.ly forward slash we got NY to get your tickets, but then... The very next day, we have back-to-back shows. It's going to be all about Muppets. We are doing this with the Jim Henson Legacy. We've got screenings, special Muppet topics, including some that you can help select. And go to our Facebook group for information on that, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash we got this podcast. But if you want to get tickets, you can get them right now. Go to movingimage.us. It's going to be at the Museum of the Moving Image, which is such a cool building right there in Queens. If you haven't been before, this is a great time to be introduced to it but for now i hope you'll enjoy episode 134 of we got this with mark and hal hello i'm hal Lublin,
1: and i'm mark gagliardi
0: since the dawn of humanity one issue has gone unsettled with the fate of the world in the balance we're here to settle once and for all queen slate seven
1: that's right don't worry everyone we got this. Podcasts should have a theme song.
0: Podcast should not have a
1: theme song. Yes, they should. No, they shouldn't. They sound good. Yeah, but people are just going to skip past it. Hmm. You know what? You're right. We got this. Let's do some cleaning, man. Oh, man. This place is trashed, Hal. Let's fix it up. All right. Hal doesn't even drink, and it looks like he had a bender
0: last night. Well, around here. You know what? Sober people can be messy, too, man. Man, there's topics
1: everywhere. Look at this. I got this topic in the floor over here. You know Let's start with this one. Wait. No, that's holding up the picture. Uh, No, I'm taking it. Fine. We're going to put a nail in the wall, okay? We're going to put a nail in the wall, and that's going to hold up the picture. Fine. Go ahead. Uh, All right. This one says, this one's from E.J. Salazar. It says, best way to eat steak. Rare, medium rare. Medium, medium well, or well
0: done? Well, I mean, come on. First of all, I feel like the more you ask for a steak to be cooked, Mm -hmm. that it's because you are either – one of two things. Mm -hmm. One is you are turned off by seeing the pink or like seeing blood come out of it. Mm -hmm. The other is you're concerned about like salmonella or that it, it not being cooked thoroughly is going to make you ill. Um, I feel like it's based on
1: the, for me, it's based on the quality of meat. Like a steak, I think we should determine what we mean by a steak. Like if I'm going to the Sizzler, uh, I'm probably going to get a steak from the Sizzler medium. But if I'm going to a really nice restaurant with a Chateaubriand, uh, filet, like this beautiful, beautiful cut of meat, I'll order that rare.
0: Oh, so you'll, you'll go rare?
1: I, I feel like, this is not the, I, I don't feel like this is the, first of all, the, the correct answer to this one is, is medium rare. Is, yeah, I think it's medium rare. I was going to say
0: it's whatever you want. No, it's not. If you, <laughs> if you order well done, then you probably hate steak. Yeah. Um, and like eat something else. That's okay. You don't have to like steak.
1: But I just mean in general, I want to, we can talk about this one for a minute. Uh huh. I just mean in general, some of these food questions are tough because I don't ever like, Food shame anyone. Mark, are you allowed to put ketchup on a hot dog? No, that's garbage. Those people are terrible humans.
0: Yeah. Should you burn a steak into a hockey puck and then try to eat it? Oh, no. All right. You're right. For all time, it's medium rare. Of course it's medium rare. Yeah. You want it to be uh, seared on the outside, but then on the inside, you want it to be pink. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that if it's a little bit more on that rare side, it's, it's the way the meat is meant to be eaten. Like you get mm-hmm. the best flavor profile out of it that way. The more you cook it, the more you're taking the flavor out, you're drying it and you're, you're not, at a certain point, the flavor is sealed in by a sear. Mm-hmm. And then at a certain point, it gets cooked through and you lose it.
1: Right. And, uh, and also I feel like that a medium rare shows respect to the animal. Does it? I think so. I think treating a steak. I think not eating it. Treating a good I guess that's true. Well, look any vegetarian listener we have is going to be like you want to talk about respect yeah. for the animal. You
0: mean respect for this is a nice cut of meat Yes. and I I want to give it its due yes. and and serve it the in the optimal conditions for it to be. Eaten. I'm not going to make a Philly
1: cheese steak out of a Kobe fillet. No, why would you do that? Exactly. It's supposed to be um,
0: it's, a, it's a cheap cheap uh, rib ribeye. Exactly. Yeah. Uh so really the spicy. the
1: correct answer for this yeah. one is medium rare ask and answer ask and, you, and asked, well before we get to ask and answered, yes, i just sorry. have a couple more thoughts on this topic unanswered i do love this topic do you know uh do you know this my brother who's a chef taught me a little yes. trick that i love i feel like i'm just gonna mansplain this whole episode
0: okay <laughs> um well you're it, just giving information that you have had. you're not that's isn't isn't that what mansplaining is if isn't I'm, that what this whole show is it's two guys explaining things yeah, people ask not. them haven't That's we? a real good point. Yeah, I mean, come on. Well, I guess I can't get timid about. We're, we're having fun with our mansplaining. Oh, good. Um, okay. So there is,
1: uh, there is a way. Uh, somebody Google this because I don't know exactly. The, here I talk about mansplaining, then I don't even know what I'm talking about. Are you Google splaining now? I'm Google splaining. Okay. Um, there is a way to using the different digits on your hand and mm-hmm. pressing on the meaty part of your hand between your index finger and your thumb, um, to determine, uh. The wellness of steaks, meaning if you press your pinky and your thumb together and push on the meaty part of your uh, hand between your index finger and your thumb, you feel how soft that is?
0: It feels hard. Hold on. Wait. Well, you're holding it. a
1: microphone in that hand.
0: Okay. Yeah. All right. Feel that? Yeah.
1: That is what a rare steak feels like. Okay. Now move to your third finger. Put the same amount of pressure. Oh, wait. I didn't press hard. Should I press hard? Oh, press medium hard. Yeah.
0: So medium hard is the best pressure? <laughs> uh,
1: and then your third finger, that would be a medium rare. Okay. Then your middle finger, and that's a medium. And then your index finger, and that's a well done. Those all feel the same to me, but
0: I, that's <laughs> why I'm not a chef. It makes sense. I'm not saying it's not true. Uh, the other thing I'd weird. like
1: to point out, I know we don't get into politics on this show, um, but the president of the United States eats his steaks extra well done. As his chef put it, to the point where it rocks on the plate and he puts ketchup on them.
0: Okay, Moving now on. we can say asked and answered. Asked and answered. All right. A bunch of people who submitted this, you think it was me doing this. You've you've tried to dodge <laughs> this topic ever since we recorded our second episode. Because
1: our second episode, we could have covered this in 30 seconds.
0: I don't know. We need to talk about it. All right. Because, of course, our second episode ever, if you're not familiar and you're new to the podcast, is whether toilet paper should be hung overhand or underhand. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, as soon as we did that, people wanted us to go back to the bathroom right away. I guess. They wanted to know. Or y- you just say
1: people. Are you being Fox News right now where you I'm just not,
0: say some people so no, that no. you can say something that you want? I'm saying this topic has been suggested no less than three times by different individuals. Is one of them you? No. But well. I'm, I'm real happy. <laughs> one of them is now because I'm suggesting so it into four this times. episode. Or right. at least four times. Uh, toilet paper. When you pull it off of the roll mm-hmm. to use it on your business, mm-hmm. should it be wadded up or folded?
1: You roll it around your hand like a mummy, man. What?
0: And then pull it off. Okay. You I mummy. thought you were gonna say you put it. No, 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 no. You like don't leave it on your. Like hand. you're putting on a box. <laughs> Look, you use you use coffee filters to wipe your b hole. Don't act Not, like. anything. I don't. Did you say use? No, no. Put I said that in you. The past tense. I said you use used. Yeah, only because you have toilet paper right now. Well, yeah. If you ran out, you'd be running over to Mr. Coffee and asking <sighs> him to crawl into your unholiest place. Man, I did it again not long ago. <laughs>
1: See? I just moved into this place. I didn't know this is
0: such a toilet an, paper I was going to need here. If somebody came in here into your apartment and looked around, there's no way that they would think this was the apartment of a man who wiped his butt. With coffee filters, because it's so nicely put together. Like it's well decorated. Thank you. you. Keep it very neat and clean. You're, you're a fastidious person. I am. You keep a clean space. Everything is 100% in order. You have trouble recording unless everything, like I've seen you walk, walk around and like everything has to be put away and all the doors have to be closed and everything has to be set just so before you'll sit down. Yeah, I have a problem. It's, I I get it, but (laughs) you did it again. Look, man. What happened? I, w- Tell we, me what I happened. I just
1: moved into this new place. Mm-hmm. So there's not like a drawer that's got old takeout napkins in it or, uh, it, it, like I'd burned through all the paper towels, man. And I'd, I'd gone through the toilet paper that I had and I'd forgotten to get more and I had caught, co- I don't want to talk about this.
0: Yeah, that's right. You didn't have that drawer full of napkins or paper towel that you could lean on in your time of need. Yeah. So I didn't have those things that are
1: the old standbys of I'm out of toilet paper and I'm not going to walk to the store with my pants around my ankles.
0: Jump in the shower, dude. You live down – you live like – I could throw a rock and hit the the 7-Eleven that's down the street from you and I have a partially separated right (laughs) shoulder. (laughs) as diagnosed um, by John Hodgman. I'm going to I'm going to admit to something ridiculous right now. See, this is why we do this. Yeah, See. I
1: guess. I have so I have this great big window in my living room. Mm-hmm. That is pretty wide open and looks right into the the house next door. Yeah. Filled with lovely people by the way. Okay. June next door, lovely British lady. Oh, wonderful. Um but this is a big window that looks right into my living room. Right. And on one far end is the bathroom and on the other far end is the kitchen. And if you realize there's no toilet paper, wear the paper towels straight clean across that room. So I've had to do the, the duck waddle across the living room with so much fear that the neighbors across the way caught, caught view of me doing this. And not only was it, was I, I guess fine enough with it to do it. I was fine enough with it to do it a few days later. When I wasn't going for paper, ba- when I wasn't going for paper towels, I was going for my phone that dinged in the kitchen, and I was like, oh, "I wonder who that is," and I did the waddle to the kitchen. Boy, this is the worst remake of
0: Rear Window I have <laughs> ever heard of. <laughs> who murdered that guy's dignity? That's oh, the man. mystery in that film. Um, I, so you it is stupid. Wadded is bad. Look, wadded anytime- is terrible. All-
1: so if it's folded or wadded, it's folded, if that's the question.
0: A- yeah, anytime I wad, I-, I go, this is not working. Cause
1: I- wad could spring out of your hand at any point like the little spring
0: snakes in a can. I don't know how much pressure you're applied to this toilet paper. Just the point is, you're, when you, When you fold it, you are taking a wider amount of surface area to to Mm -hmm. get the job done. So it's Mm going to be a little bit more thorough than something that's got a bunch of crags and nooks and crannies in it. You're just not going to get – That's why I
1: never do the waddle to the kitchen and grab a waffle to wipe with. (laughs) You just get pancakes all the time. Yeah. Always use pancakes, man. No nooks and crannies. What's the next one?
0: Okay. Or do we, we have to say asked and answered? Asked and answered. It's folded. We did it. All right. Uh, Philip Ogston asks, subtitled or dubbed? This is for foreign oh, films. Oh, and this man. is, uh, this is one that was answered out of canon. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year's Dragon Con. We're recording, as of this recording, we have not yet gone to this year's Dragon Con, mm-hmm. but we did a huge panel that was essentially like a clean slate for the audience. And Somebody asked subtitled versus dubbed. What did we films? say then? Well, we, did didn't, we have a need it. It doesn't even matter reaction? because we're, uh, I do. I, mine is subtitled. Yeah, because I feel like
1: I'm doing a little bit of extra work reading, but dubbed is tough because you're trying to get the same perf- you're trying to get one character from two different actors. Correct. I would much rather try to get a character from one actor who is and and not to say like we do a lot of cartoon voices and stuff and yeah. you're that's multiple artists working on one thing. Right? But the idea is always there that it's going to be like you are always thinking about that. Right. Uh, it's not I'm going to deliver a performance that could get, let's be honest, changed in the dubbing later on. Right. I don't want to necessarily hear an American uh, English speaking voice version of a performance in a Italian movie or a French movie or a, uh, a Japanese movie. Because – I'm just going to name all the different languages. Please. Or a Spanish movie. Tagalog. Or a Tagalog movie. Um, I feel like an actor's performance should be an actor's performance. And if it's not in your language, just read it at the bottom.
0: Yeah. I I think if you have trouble – like I have trouble keeping up with the subtitles, that's your – issue I think mm-hmm. and I get that, that there may be people for whom reading that is difficult for whatever reason you could right. have a learning disability sure. you could be dyslexic like and in that there, case there are- dubbed is great have is great. like
1: whatever do whatever you need to to get the story into you
0: yeah what we are saying in this case is you're someone who is capable of following along using subtitles right. but you find them distracting One not of you my- rely on them to understand uh that you rely on, on dubbing because otherwise it would be difficult to follow the film right. in general for and some other reason.
1: Humanity can be heard in any language. Right. There are, there are universal things that humans go through that it doesn't matter what the language is, you can see it on a screen. Right. Um, one of my favorite movies ever was not in English and, uh, and it was, I can't imagine even seeing that movie in a dubbed version. Is it William Shatner's Esperanto film? <laughs> oh, i forgot he made an esperanto film. yeah you did didn't you i did do you know what it's called oh it's <laughs> even in esperanto the uh-huh. name um no it's a el mariachi robert rodriguez okay which is in spanish sure and um i didn't i speak some spanish but i don't speak a lot right. no, i'm not fluent in spanish yeah um but i could not imagine those performances with someone else uh saying those lines
0: 100%. I, I, one of my favorite movies growing up was Pippi Longstocking. It was a mm-hmm. European version. And the only version I had was dubbed with English actors at, or, or American. And I've, it's so distracting. It was even mm-hmm. distracting back then, but I still enjoyed it because it's Pippi Longstocking. Who doesn't look Pippi Longstocking? But it was a lot of like, Oh, Pippi, Oh, you gotta go over there. Stop hitting <laughs> those nails. Oh, Pippi, your horse, Pippi. Um, it just never – it doesn't fit. You have to sort of squeeze – as somebody who's dubbed before as you have as well, you have to squeeze your performance into into an existing space. So you don't really get a chance to interpret that much. It's mm-hmm. just you got to hit this. You sound scared. You have two seconds. If you don't match up to the lip, fla- lip flap, you're in trouble. Now, my start was in anime. So I was doing dubbing right. for a couple of anime and even in that case – while I appreciate the work, it's as a as a way of performing. It's really mm-hmm. difficult. It's a it's a unique set of it's challenges. Tough. Yeah, and you're it's it's almost more about precision than it is performance. Yeah, but you have to be able to do both. Well, you
1: and I both worked uh, in loop groups before. Yeah. And one of the sort of dirty secrets is that even when speaking English, a lot of actors you're not hearing their voices. Uh, Whether it's because the movies are shot in other countries and the day players have thick accents from the countries that they're from, even though they're speaking English, or could be a million other reasons. I've replaced voices for entire movies just for something as simple as. They didn't think this guy's voice had enough bass in it. Right. Uh, and famously, uh, we may have even mentioned it on the show before, uh, Glenn Close did the voice of, uh, the woman, uh, I guess it was Jane in Greystoke, The Legend of Tarzan, mm-hmm. which was played by Andy McDowell. But at that time, Andy McDowell had a thick Tennessee accent. Right. So her, all of her lines were replaced with Glenn Close. <laughs> um, but that it's, so I, I guess I can harp on one actor, one voice, one role, but, I've been part of the problem in the past.
0: Well, it's, um, it's was not not like you went in going, hey, how about you have me come in and replace somebody? Yeah, it's That guy's were not
1: great. You um, got the
0: work. So the answer is subtitled. The answer is subtitled. Yeah. Asked an answer. Watch D- most definitely subtitled. Yeah. Nobody wants to watch Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon with a bunch of yeah. American actors. Just listen. like Watch it as it's intended to be shown. All right. Scott Boucher. I hope that's how you say it. It said a, or it's Boucher or Butcher. Let's say Boucher. Let's say Boucher. That sounds fun. Uh, asks. Isn't that Phoebe's last name from friends? Phoebe, Phoebe Bouffet. Bouffet. Close, okay. close. Cousins.
1: Should you put ketchup on eggs? See, this is another one of those food questions where I feel bad saying, like, I, I, cause what I really want to say, I know we have to decide, but what I really want to say is, yeah, yeah, if you like ketchup on your eggs, put ketchup on your eggs. Do you want me to decide then? um <laughs> that t- you know what i'll say this it depends on how the eggs are cooked
0: yeah don't put ketchup on a beautifully poached egg yeah don't put ketchup on on a poached egg don't put ketchup on e- eggs over easy fried mm-hmm. eggs sunny side up however but if they're scrambled if you got scrambled eggs it's delicious oh man you put some ketchup on i those. love me some some ketchup on ooh, some scrambled
1: eggs ooh, doggy. doggy uh how mm. do you make your eggs at home usually
0: how, like scrambling them or how in just in general scrambled you... eggs are my favorite food on the planet really i love i i used to go to the country club diner in uh-huh. northeast philadelphia as a kid i would get the same thing every time i get a bowl of matzo ball soup mm-hmm. then i get scrambled eggs with french fries and a toasted bagel on the side oh
1: man scrambled eggs and french fries uh, at the diner where I went to college, scrambled eggs, French fries, Ooh. and two pancakes Ooh. was a dollar ninety nine when I was in college. And yeah. even then, uh, I, I say that like I'm ancient, but yeah. even then, a dollar ninety nine was. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> like <laughs> this is how cheap? Yeah, we're. It's a twenty four hour diner. Get ready to have the entire theater school of DePaul coming into this diner <laughs> all the time and just ordering this. Was it? Wasn't the Golden Nugget? Was it? No, it was a place called Clark's, and actually, the, it was for um scrambled eggs, uh toast, and home fries. Yeah, but we all quickly learned that it was free to substitute pancakes for toast, and free to substitute fries for
0: home fries. Oh, you should always be free to substitute fries for home fries. The pancakes—that's a really—that's a good hack. Yeah, that was, a, that good was, good yeah, that was a
1: good life hack. Ooh. And we got oh, we got full there, and I got fat in college. Yeah. Um, I don't blame you. Man. Well, also
0: Chicago. You got to put some weight on yeah. to get, survive the If cult. you don't leave Chicago fatter than when you got there, you haven't done Chicago right. Correct. I th- I think for this, I read this as should you put ketchup on scrambled eggs because okay. I think that's the thing that people really top yeah. it with stuff. The answer is yes. If you're I, I
1: already get, doing it, who are we to tell you to stop? And if you haven't done it yet, try it. It's
0: really good. Yeah. We're Mark and Hal. That's who we are. And we're telling you that that's now how you have Why to eat your I scrambled am I suddenly eggs. like
1: 130 episodes in getting – Getting iffy about our premise. Uh, do I have to slap you around?
0: <laughs> is that what has to happen right now? I'll tell you what. you just
1: slap me around like Bugs Bunny.
0: Let's take a quick break to hear from other shows on the Max Fun Network. And, Mark, can I talk to you in the other room? Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. Ow! Ow! We'll be right back. We
1: Got This is supported by HelloFresh, the meal kit delivery service dedicated to making cooking fun, easy, and convenient. I tried it out. It is... Awesome. You guys, if you know anything about me and this show, you know I love cooking, I'm obsessed with kits, and I have a little bit of OCD. So getting these perfectly portioned ingredients was like Christmas for me. Uh, The chicken and the steaks were beautiful, the produce was all fresh, and I learned three new recipes that I'm going to use again. Each week, HelloFresh creates new, delicious recipes with step-by-step instructions designed to take around 30 minutes for everyone from novices to seasoned home cooks short on time. All for less than 10 bucks a meal. All delivered to your doorstep in a special insulated box for free. For 30 bucks off your first week of HelloFresh, visit HelloFresh.com and enter promo code WeGotThis30. The Dead Pilot Society podcast brings you hilarious comedy pilots that were never made, featuring actors like Aubrey Plaza, Andy Richter, Paul F. Tompkins, John Hodgman, Adam Scott, Molly Shannon, Busy Phillips, Tom Lennon, Anna Camp, Lori Metcalf, Alicia Day, Michael Ian Black, Adam Savage, Paul Shear, Ben Schwartz, Skylar Aston, Mae Whitman, Josh Molina, Ben Feldman, Nicole Byer, Jason Ritter, Sarah Chalk, Steve Agee, Jane Levy, Allison Tolman, Danielle Nicolette, Casey Wilson, Anna Ortiz, Lorraine Newman, June Diane Raphael, Kuna Chipka, Ed Week, Zach and Carrie Kenny Silver, John Ross Bowie, Jamie Denbo, Janet Varney, Alexander And many more. Listen at MaximumFun.org,
0: iTunes, or wherever you download podcasts.
1: All right. Dun, 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 dun.
0: Ow! Feel better? Yeah. All right. There we go. Just needed to, to get you. So eggs. Enough. Should you put ketchup on eggs? Absolutely. Yeah. Asked and answered. Alan Ray asks, are oatmeal pies pies? Are we talking about oatmeal cream pies? Yeah. Like the one where it's two oatmeal cookies with cream in the middle? No. That are not a pie? No. They are a cookie. They are two cookies with cream in the middle. Asked and answered.
1: Also, in the same way that uh zebra
0: cakes are not made of zebra. Well, sure, ruin it for me now. Yeah.
1: And ho-hos ain't made with hoes. Whoa!
0: But uh, zebra-striped gum is made from the stripes of zebras. That's true. Mm, so good. Ask and answer. And their hooves. Larry G. Wait, what? <laughs> Don't worry about it. Larry G. Wepnitsky asks, butter, keep it in the fridge or on the counter?
1: I got to say, man, when I would go over to a friend's house and they would have their butter out on the counter, I was like... What else are you doing gross in this house?
0: Yeah. Can I answer your question with another question, Larry? Are you a pioneer? <laughs> do you just churn this butter and it has to sit in that wooden bucket? and you just keep the lid on it so the flies don't get Look, in there? I get it. You want your butter soft. I, do, I, yes. Take it out an
1: hour before you cook, man. Yeah. Don't leave dairy on the counter. To, what if it's a hot day? Then you yeah. come back and you've got liquid gold. Just stream it all down the sides, all the yeah. little nooks and crannies of your countertops. You better line that floor with popcorn because there's going to be drippy butter everywhere. Yeah, and
0: use toast to clean it up. <laughs> Just sop it up. with. To- this is what I used to do uh as a teenager. I was mm-hmm. able to get fat way earlier. Uh <laughs> You take the toast. You put it in the toaster. Toast it lightly, right? Uh-huh. And then you put butter on it, mm-hmm. like all up on it. Then you put it in the microwave and let that butter melt into it, huh. and then you eat that. You eat soggy buttered bread that used See, to be toast. Can I? Can I pitch you an idea with a with a bowl of corn bran that you've put like four or five packets of sweet and low the on? Hell is corn bran. Corn bran is a Quaker cereal. <laughs> now it's like corn squares or like cor, like bran squares. Sure, so good. Um, go ahead. What, what did you? All right.
1: Um, he, look. Here's the thing about butter. Yep. It is, you, there, if you really need your butter to be soft. Yeah. You can buy soft butter. You can buy the tub. Yeah. There are versions of the tub. Land O'Lakes, it's just a little bit of canola oil in the butter. Something bad for you. It's not like getting margarine. It's just butter with a little canola oil in it and that keeps it soft. Um, do you have a favorite butter?
0: I like Land O'Lakes just because I like the artwork on it, even though it's probably kind of offensive. I just like that it. (laughs) I, none of that was the answer I expected. No, no. That is the answer I'm real happy about. Honestly, butter's a commodity to me. I mm-hmm. know they're salted, unsalted. I, gen, I generally get unsalted because – I like to get unsalted because recipes – Yeah, because recipes, with salt. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, because it's all the same, I generally go for whatever's least expensive. That's fair. All the same. though. I mean, they're all pretty much there's the same. good butters out there. There are good – they're like artisan butters where you go to a restaurant and they're like – and the butter is yellow. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll tell you, man. If you want a
1: really good yellow butter, yeah. Uh, I first had this at Epcot Center during the Food and Wine Festival. Yep. In the British Pavilion, <laughs> it is the Irish butter called Kerrygold. Ooh. And I think they advertise on television now. Um. It is. I didn't. I thought the same way you did, Hal. This is gonna sound like a commercial for Kerrygold butter, but tell I really just actually enjoy it. Okay. Uh, it's. Yeah, man. I like. I grew up on total fake tasting butter like fake butter like country crock yeah and there's something like there's something really homey about that fake margarine butter flavor as a kid from the south that's what we had <laughs> so the first time i tried like real butter uh and and i was like yeah this this isn't as good as the fake stuff that i this isn't as good as my country crock that stuff was salty <laughs> um but i feel like Kerrygold gold butter is and i and that's the one i get the salted version of just like on bread is what all of the margarines were trying to be okay was oh man and it is yeah i'm gonna stop talking about it because they're not paying us to talk about it yeah so pony up yeah pony up carry gold butter you're freaking delicious and i want to tell
0: everyone in the meantime yeah in the meantime put your butter in the fridge yeah asked and answered All right, Chris Winspear asks, baseball caps indoors, yay or nay? And here's why. Mm -hmm. Because of the group picture that we took with Angela Weber, when Mm -hmm. she recorded Oceans versus Pools with us, Mm -hmm. you were wearing a baseball cap indoors. Mm -hmm. I guess somebody thought that was an issue. I apologize if I offended anyone. I don't think anybody was offended. Um, Who knows? Maybe they were. It's
1: not the old days where you take off your brimmed hat when you walk into... A room. Uh that said, I can see how people like if it's a room that demands respect, I will take my hat off. A
0: what church what okay.
1: A um you know mainly a church is the one that I was thinking of. A Starbucks. A star <laughs> yeah, a church, a Starbucks, gymboree. a roller coaster, but that's more about not wanting to lose it. Sure. A jimboree, sure. Um Yeah, I, I will take my hat off out of respect if it's a place where I should like I'm not gonna wear a baseball cap to court. <laughs>
0: You know what I mean? Will the defendant please be cool? (laughs) Uh, I will tell you this. Mm -hmm. I went to Quaker school, Mm -hmm. Abington Friends School. And we've talked about this. We've talked about AFS before, I'm pretty sure. Yeah.
1: But have we talked about it since I went to Philadelphia? Those who don't know about Abingdale, Abington, Abington, Abington Friends School, I took you there. Yeah. Hal took me to his school to show me where Hal took me on, like the girlfriend tour to show me everywhere, like where he grew up. I
0: did. I was fantastic. The tour I took you on is the same tour. I took a girl on on a date once in like 1997. Wait, you took a girl on a date of the Hal tour? Yeah, I didn't. I was not good at dating. (laughs) I was like, I'm just going to show everything. Here's where I grew up. It was pretty and then great. I said, I think you're really pretty, and then we never went on another date. Um, the very weird.
1: The Abington friend... Look, man, we were all awkward when yeah. we were just out of
0: high school. Come I on. got out of it by the time I was 30. Go ahead. Yeah. And you have a lovely wife. I do. You did, you, you Hit did, the lottery. You, you did okay. I did. Even though um, she puts peanuts in Coke. Hey,
1: man, I looked online. People were talking about it like, somebody said that's a rite of passage. Yeah, half of them said that. Yeah. To all our southern listeners, all right, y'all. <laughs> um... What were we talking about? Uh, we were talking about where I was talking about AFS. Oh yes, a- Abington Friends School. Uh, I, I we drove by there and on the front it was it had just uh, it was May or uh, beginning of June. So we it were was, there. Yeah, it was
0: July. Was it July? It was it was like less than Why a month they... from when it, from when we were recording this, which is late August.
1: Where is? I was thinking that because they do they just graduate late. No, or maybe a, it had just been up since there the There was a, a summer camp going on. Oh, okay. So there was but they had a big community. banner out in front of the school that yeah. said, Congratulations to our 320th graduating class. That's right. That – is it the oldest school in the United States that you second went to high school?
0: Second oldest private second school. second oldest thing. private school in the country. The oldest is one of our rival schools. Oh, I man. I think it might be Germantown. For How days. does it feel being – Almost something. The worst. Really? The did that, real did you guys get that? No, I mean, it's cool. Like it's, uh, it's an amazing historical school. George Washington mm-hmm. supposedly both marched and, and camped on our campus during the Revolutionary War. Mm-hmm. Um, Made a mess of things. Huge mess. And we used to have, um, these archaeological digs in sixth grade. You would have an archaeological dig by the farmhouse, which was the school mm-hmm. store, but it was a building that had been there. Since 1697, and you I mean, if dig. you're doing an
1: archaeological dig on a school that's 300 years old, are you what are you looking for other students' teeth?
0: Well, you're looking for other students' teeth. You'd find like bits of a clay pipe. You'd find, mm-hmm. like maybe a bit of a jar or something. We'd be digging. This is digging like two, three feet deep. Wow. I think what happened—they buried some stuff out was there. Was that Ray Shorely, our beloved history teacher, who still like a two, painter now? Feet. I think he would just bury the same stuff over again and keep some of it in a display case. There's no way that in the time that that happened, even in 10 years, that that place wasn't picked clean because it was a small plot of That's land true. That we were digging in. We used
1: to, uh, where I grew up was Campbell Station in Farragut, Tennessee. Uh-huh. And, uh, the Battle of Campbell Station was a small battle in the Civil War. And we used to, some kids used to go and find a lot of mini balls out right. there. For those of you don't know, who don't know, a mini ball is the, uh, little bullets from the, the really super lethal bullets that. Yeah, it's a musket ball. Made the, uh, no, it's rifled. It's, uh, it's, oh, okay. it's pointed like a bullet and rifled was one of the first okay. things that was like that. So it was deadly accurate and made the Civil War one of the most deadly wars in American history. And we used to go hunting for them as kids. Okay. Um, but anyway, getting off of, uh, Abington day school and back yes. to baseball caps. Uh, indoors,
0: yay yes. or nay. Oh, All of this to say, at Abington Friends School, for many years when I was there, you were not allowed to wear a baseball caps. Now, this is a place where, where the English teacher had, uh, a bumper sticker. Chris Long had a bumper sticker up on her blackboard that said subvert the dominant paradigm. So we were taught to think outside the box, to question authority, question mm-hmm. everything, but we were not allowed to wear baseball caps. And for, a collection Did
1: you of wear a baseball children. cap to subvert the dominant paradigm? No.
0: No, we were very – but it was like a major point. Of like how come we're not allowed to wear baseball caps, which really is not that big a deal. But the, I, that was something – I don't know what it was held over from or if it was just it's disrespectful to wear a hat inside. But eventually I think it was allowed. I seem to remember by time I graduated in 1995, you were mm-hmm. allowed to wear a cap indoors. The, all this to say that – jet Inge- like i don't like it all the time i don't yeah. like people wearing caps all the time, like in a cl- like it just sometimes it comes off kind of sometimes sometimes people can pull off a hat that's just sort of oh he's he he or she is a hat person mm-hmm. other times it just comes across kind of douchey.
1: Yeah, I this one. You know what? I may be guilty of this. I was actually, for those who are concerned, the reason that I was wearing a baseball cap that day was I had run out of pomade, and when I don't have pomade, my hair looks super poofy. Yeah. So with Angela coming over and Hal coming over, I thought, "We're I'm, you know, I want to look professional." So I threw on my baseball cap, and I didn't think anything of it. Like
0: I've seen, I've seen you in a hat a bunch, and it's not for you you're not one of those people for whom baseball hat is like a fashion accessory and when you're putting it on to like put it, like create a look i think that's where mm-hmm. that's where it becomes kind of like i'm not into that but the
1: th- the thing about fashion man is fashion is what you like is who you a person uh, is like you do your thing like right 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 whatever your style is i saw a guy walking down hollywood boulevard the other day in full on gold lame everything Okay. And I was like, man, you do you dude. Like <laughs> if that's what you want to wear, that's what you want. You look cool. Like you don't look like anyone else I've seen today. Right. That's pretty cool. Um <laughs> that said, there I I'm realizing now I'm thinking about this. I'm thinking of more and more places where I don't wear a baseball cap. Okay. I won't wear a baseball cap in a restaurant. Right? Um because I, yeah, because
0: that feels disrespectful. Like I try not to. You sometimes. know what I mean? If like, I have one on, it's because my hair's all messed up or I didn't yeah. want to wash or b- brush it. And if I'm in like a tourist place. If you, yes. Yeah, like, if, or a, like a super casual place. Let me ask you this. If you've uh-huh. been out all day with. Uh, with a baseball cap on, and then Mm -hmm. you go to like Magiano's, a place that's like a chain restaurant, but it's kind of like you, you could wear whatever you want in there, but you might want to look a little nicer. Maybe not, maybe Magiano's is a poor example, but you know what I'm talking about. I'll take my hat off. You'll take your hat off because of, because
1: a few years, yeah, mussy hair, I think is better than having a hat on. Um, this, I wouldn't previously, uh, I previously I would have just worn my baseball cap, but I was thoroughly schooled at Musso and Frank's one night.
0: Oh, do you know Musso and Frank's? I do know Muson and uh, Franks. Musso
1: Franks is a restaurant, uh, in Los Angeles on Hollywood Boulevard from, I believe, 1919. Yeah, it's almost 100 years old. It's nearly 100 years old. That's where most of the staff. Oh man. Talk to Caesar at the bar. This was a tip from our, our mutual friend, Eric Edelstein. Uh, talk to Caesar at the bar. He has stories about when Brando used to eat there. Like, oh my the, this guy has been there for like 50 years. He's amazing. And, um, it's just this really old Hollywood restaurant. And Eric and I went in one night and had a few drinks at the bar and when i walked in i took my hat off and because eric nudged me and told me to as we were walking in he goes take your hat off and i took my hat off and as we were leaving the maitre d who eric is friends with uh from that place they know each other from there he he uh he said i like your friend i like your friend eric Because your friend knows he has respect. He takes his hat off when he comes into an establishment. That last guy you brought in here, I don't like that guy. That guy didn't take off his baseball cap when he walked into this restaurant. You show some respect. This is a 100-year-old restaurant. Frank Sinatra ate here. Like, this guy was. He remembered that a guy didn't take his baseball cap off weeks
0: ago when he had come to this restaurant. Was that person also you? That person was not also me. That would have been the ultimate kicker (laughs) for that story. Was, would be for that guy to be like, Hey, Um, and that guy you brought in here with you just 10 minutes ago that had the hat on, I didn't like him. This guy, I like. This guy's all right. He's not wearing a hat. That guy that had the, that guy
1: that had the glasses on and had his finger over underneath his nose like it was a mustache. That guy I didn't like. This guy with no glasses and no finger under his nose, like it's a mustache. This guy's okay.
0: <laughs> Maybe he's like a baby. Where if it's like he doesn't. No There's no, sex, object yeah, no object permanence. No object
1: permanence. Um, this is a tough one, actually. Um, I thought it was like, yeah, fine, wear a hat if you want to.
0: But this is, I don't know, man. There's also a fine line between. When you feel like you should be respectful of others Mm -hmm. and when you feel like other people are imposing their will on you.
1: Yeah, but this is there's no qualifier in this. It just says baseball caps indoors, yay or nay. And that being the case, how do we rule in any way other than nay? If there are multiple places, including most restaurants, most churches, court. I don't know why I keep coming back to court.
0: Because you spend a lot of time in court. Man, I spend so
1: much time in court. I told you about the time that my uncle hired me, a great big uh ex-military guy as my bodyguard for a court date I had. I'm going to put my mic down and let you talk now. <laughs> <laughs> ah, All right. So I had a court date once for one of myriad offenses I've had through the years. And uh, my uncle, Dan, who's a private detective uh-huh. uh out of Detroit, he called me. Real thick, uh, he talks like this, which is weird because it's not a Detroit accent. It's not a Philly accent, which are the two places he's from. Right. Mark, uh, let me tell you something. I'm going to send a guy with you to your court date. His name, his name's Mike. He's a good guy. He knows about these things. So if you have any questions, you can ask him. When Mike showed up, Mike is like six six, uh, bald head, goatee, straight out of central casting. Somehow wearing a khaki shirt and khaki pants, but pulling it off, girl. <laughs> um, he is and literally all Mike did was anytime the judge would ask me anything, I would look at Mike and he would either shake his head or nod his head. And that is how I answered questions to the judge. And Mike, uh, when I had to pull and I wore a, wore a suit, okay. And when I had to pull stuff out of my uh, messenger bag, I would hand the messenger bag to Mike. And he would hold his arms out flat and open it up for me. I think people in that court must have thought I was some sort of mafia kid <laughs> because I brought this giant man with me and, <laughs> and all he did was stay silent, nod, shake his head and hold
0: my bag. Did it work?
1: Yeah, I got, I got everything I wanted out of the courtroom.
0: You got everything you wanted. You got everything I wanted. I like that, uh, I can't wait until the recording is over and you tell me why you were in court. Cause I know you don't want to say it on mic, do you? I'm not saying it on mic. I'm not going to make you say it on mic. All right. Good. Have you seen that guy again? No,
1: he disappeared in a mist.
0: <laughs> as soon, as soon as it was over, as yeah. soon as the, he verdict just nodded. Whatever, as soon as the ruling was yeah. handed down, he just went, <laughs> Yeah, just
1: there was funny. a, there was a, a bailiff looked around and said, where did that man go? And the other bailiff went, what man? Wow.
0: Yeah. There hasn't been a man in this courtroom in fifty years. Lady Court <laughs> Boom. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Boom, boom, bow, bow. We both love Night
0: Court so much. So good. It's a great theme song. Um, Terrible finale.
1: So what are we saying? Baseball caps? I feel like we have to say nay.
0: Nay. Hey, what would that big six foot six dude say? Yeah, he would say. He he would would shake I looked up head. at him
1: he- and I said, can I wear a baseball cap here? He'd shake his head. And also because. Um, When I used to work at the Standard, uh Scott Baio's manager used to come in all the time, <laughs> and he always wore a suit and a baseball cap, and he was such a jerk that no one wanted to wait on him. And I actually got to walk up to him one day and say, hey, man, you're welcome to sit here as long as you want, but you're a real jerk, and no one's going to wait on you. Really? Yeah. What did he say? He got real mad, and then he left. It was awesome.
0: How did you know he was Scott Bayo's manager? Because it not was up all
1: he talked about. He would begin sentence, any sentence he'd be like, look, as Scott Bayo's manager, I'll have the ex
0: Benedict. <laughs> like everything began with that. Oh, God. I know. Just imagine him talking to you like, yeah, I think, thinking about bringing Scott in here next week. I just mm-hmm. want to take a temperature of the yeah, place. I just want to see what going. this diner's like, you guys. Cause you know, I managed Scott. I've been Scott's manager oh, really. since just after uh, Charles in charge. So you've been his manager since uh 1994 yeah yeah since since scott Bayo ended yeah, well yeah. i mean w- you know you know what they say the scott will rise again is that what they say it's on my hat
1: oh wow look at your red scott hat that says the scott will rise again
0: make Bayo scott
1: again hashtag swra <laughs> oh god
0: uh, asked and answered, no right. hats indoors. No
1: hats indoors. Sorry if you go to a store. Sorry, I, event. and I literally just took off my baseball cap as we did you that. Did. As
0: soon as I said it, you were like, oh. Yeah,
1: I took my baseball. I was wearing a baseball cap, but I'm in my own apartment.
0: You are, you're in your home. You, but you know what? You said no. You followed the rules. No baseball caps indoors. See, we follow our own rules. Yeah. We try to
1: be, we, we try to be gentlemen. Yes. Um, I think I can speak for both of us. Sure. We try to be proper gentlemen. We do. But not in like the old timey, uh, racist and misogynistic way. No,
0: in the way of we try to treat people with respect and yeah. dignity. Yeah. And, and if, and if there are rules of a place, we try to abide we by We try them. to abide unless they are racist or misogynist. Right. Then they or can, or transphobic, or then they can go or kiss our butts. Yeah. Then they can kiss yeah. us right on our butts. All right. Last topic. All right. This is the last one. This place is finally almost clean. Mm-hmm. This is the one. It's from Laura Spencer who asks, should people wear leg bearing clothing in the winter. Let me ask this you is, this. Okay. Did you know somebody – because you would get decent winters in Tennessee. It would get cold.
1: Fairly. Yeah, we got into the 20s. Yeah. We, that, was we about, would, that was about as cold as it got.
0: We would get that as well. and We would get snow and stuff. But in high school especially, there was always a kid who would make a point of wearing sandals and shorts through for the entire year because they had like made a bet. Is that, what did you kid? have a kid like that in no, your high school?
1: We didn't. That I'm kid shocked. sounds like a bozo. I tell you, we did have a kid in college. I thought you were who was kid. like that. No, <laughs> we had a kid who only wore shorts and tivas and tie-dye shirts. And he, uh, and he never, like never went to class and he never studied anything. And he got kicked out of school. And we found out later that he had started his own theater company and built this big, beautiful theater and was now doing plays and hiring people. And we thought, how is that possible? He never wore shoes. <laughs> and then we found out he was the heir to Standard Oil. And we were like, Oh, okay. Well, then he didn't really have to go to college. So he anyway. didn't
0: get the degree. He went there just to have something to do. I think he just went
1: there to have fun for a little while.
0: He's a nice guy. I'm sure he was very nice, but, but he's. This- He was so rich, he didn't have to worry about, what did he, like, pay off the wind not to blow on his legs? I don't understand. I
1: think that was his way of showing defiance that he was like, no, I
0: just wear, I just do what I want, man. I mean, I will say it's relative. In Syracuse, Mm -hmm. it would get so cold in the winter where you would have like the high for the day would be two degrees. It would be sub zero for a good amount of time. I know Minnesota has it even worse. There are a lot of areas that are similar to that where it gets Mm -hmm. very cold and, and bitter. Once it hits like 30, 40 degrees, 40 degrees, let's say mm-hmm. at Syracuse, kids are out on the quad. You're picnicking. You're in shorts because yeah. relative to what you've just been sure. through, it feels like shorts. Chicago sweater. was that way
1: too. We, we were a little less. We were a little higher than 40. We were about 55. Okay. It hits 55 and the tank tops come out and people right. are playing frisbee on the quad as soon as the snow melts. Because if you live in a northern city or if you live up north, you know, like once the first big snow of winter hits, it doesn't go away. Right, Because winter is always cold. So that snow is there for the whole season. And then there's the thaw. And the thaw happens – whether the thaw happens at 65 degrees or the thaw happens at 45 degrees. When the thaw happens, the only thing you want to do is put on shorts and a tank top and go outside. Yes, 100%. But that said, um, if you – there's no stipulation about cold in this question. The question is just should people wear leg-bearing clothing in the winter? And if you're not cold, look, I've I run hot. I'll wear a tank top and jeans in the wintertime in Chicago and be fine. Um if you're not specifically doing hypothermic damage to yourself, uh uh-huh.
0: where what makes you happy? But why why are you doing why are you doing that? What do you mean? Why, why are, you are you doing that? It's cold. When I think when I think Wait, of, It doesn't
1: matter. What does it matter to you? When I think you? of the winter, why do I think you it's care if you see someone's legs
0: they they like I'm just asking why like, look. "Oh my gosh, are you cold?" Like the, if they're cold, they'll you know cover what? up. Cuz I see it and I think that person's making a point. They're one person who is like, "Yeah, cold doesn't bother me," and then and then they have to like back up that lie for the rest of their lives. I, I find it hard to believe <laughs> that somebody like or a woman is walking around in a mini skirt, red legged, and mm-hmm. being like, "I'm fine. I don't mind the cold that much," or I'll just throw on some sheer tights. And like, I just I, it's well, the question isn't
1: should society require someone to bare their legs even in winter, right? Because that answer is no. <laughs>
0: This this is true. There should be no requirement. However, I mean, come on. It's like you're trying to
1: prove something. I don't know. My dad is that, my dad is that guy that you're describing. My dad wears shorts and cut off, or wears cut off shorts and cut, cut off sleeve t-shirts. He doesn't wear complete clothes ever. But he lives in Florida and he's a super cool dude. But even when we we were living in Knoxville, he would, in wintertime, we'd go up to the mountains. We'd go to the smoky mountains and it'd be 45 degrees out and he'd be in shorts.
0: I do I do We know, run my family runs warm. Yeah, I generally run warm too. Mm-hmm. So I don't mind cold doesn't bother me as much. I have a higher tolerance for it probably than I do heat, even though I love warmer weather more. Uh I just seems odd to like just because I can wear shorts and I and I'll be okay for a little while and then all of a sudden I'm like, "Wait, I'm really cold. I'm I'm a super bozo." <laughs> See, and, and, and I wear
1: shorts and, in the winter, but it's because I've run out of laundry.
0: Right, like you, I won't wear jeans twice. I'm surprised you don't staple together a bunch of coffee filters to make pants for yourself. See, now you're thinking about it. That's all you want to do, man.
1: If I could make some coffee filter pants, you guys it'd be so good. I could just flush them when I was done. Of course, then I'd be leaving the bathroom pantsless. No, if I went into the bathroom in pants and oh, came kid. out in shorts, oh. you know that that bathroom did not have toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> So
0: the staples, though, but you can. Yes,
1: I think on this one you can wear shorts in the winter time. I did. You know what? Regardless was, of your weird aversion to it,
0: I was going to rule against it, but I, I'm willing to recognize that that's me going, me not understanding it, mm-hmm. and I don't think that's a good enough reason to tell people not to do it. So yes, you can wear it, but know that you are confounding people maybe that's you're making a lot of people uncomfortable Yeah, maybe you're like david blaine where it's like it's about the reaction <laughs> like the trick is great i can do a cool illusion but it's really about the create. like well, i'm gonna i'm gonna leave people a on the sidewalk because oh. i'm wearing these culottes and it's 30 degrees outside
1: yeah you know what david blaine You're allowed to because we just said that you could. And what we say goes. That's right. Because we're mansplaining all of it to you. Asked and answered. All of it's asked and answered. Done. Keep them coming.
0: Yeah. Throw them at us in email. We got this podcast at gmail.com or shove them in our faces at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash we got this podcast or
1: punch us in our Twitter noses at we got this tweets, or go to the maximum fun
0: subreddit and put us in a flame war headlock. Thanks to producer Ken Plume, researcher Kate McManus, graphic designer Uri Kelman and QA engineer Jen Alba.
1: Thanks, of course, to our musicians, Jonathan Dinerstein and Mike Furman for our score and theme song, respectively. And thanks to you. We have a show. No, thanks to you, our <laughs> listeners. Thanks to you. We have a show. Yeah, that pretty much sums it up. That's it. Um, this was clean slate seven. We got, uh, we got a bunch of good topics off the list. Uh, and we wouldn't have done it without your help. So specifically to EJ Salazar, Philip Ogston, Scott Boucher, Alan Ray, Larry G. Webnitzky, Chris Winspear, Laura Spencer, and for Toilet Paper Folded or Wadded, what may or may not have been Hal Lublin. Whatever. To all of you specifically, and to all of our listeners uh, generally,
0: thanks for listening to the show. For Hal Lublin, I'm Mark Gagliardi. For Mark Gagliardi, I'm Hal Lublin. And don't worry, everybody.
1: We got, got this. this. We got this. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.